the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob and A.J. Appleton. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, Mr. AJ Abergarth. What is up, man? Hello, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking. Stashing players on the IR ain't cheating. I like it. That's right. Roto. Roto-wear, baby. <laughs> Good stuff. I should have wore this for my uh, for our show a couple weeks ago, though, since it says Fantasy Football 101 at the top. That would have made uh, Yes, sense. that would have been way better, but that's all right. I don't remember um, what I wore. I, I don't remember either, so uh, it's all good. I'm sure Same. nobody else does either. Anyway, nope. uh, so tonight we have a great show. We're going to be going through some running back debates uh we like we did last week with our quarterbacks we're gonna be doing running backs instead this week so um you know stay on for that but like always every week just want to remind everybody to hit that subscribe button hit that like button um leave those comments we appreciate it and of course go over to fantasy six pack dot net and become an all access member where you can become uh, a member to get our uh, access to our rankings, our projections, our DFS and betting advice, our Discord, where you're going to have direct access to all of us at Fantasy Six Pack to ask your league-specific questions. Uh, there, there, there's more. We got draft cheat sheets, and there's going to be more coming too. So uh, make sure you go over there. Use promo code F6PNFL for 15% off. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then, guys, we you know we do the same thing for baseball, and, the, and it doesn't change for football. It, you know, if you want custom league advice, or, or not custom league advice, if you want cus- the best customization for free, by the way, uh, for your fantasy football leagues, you got to go over to Fantrax, fantrax.com slash fantasy six pack. Sign up to get your free league started. Join over there. Um, they've got so many free customization options. There, there's no reason not to, to throw your league over there. Um, if you're looking for something a little extra and, um, yeah, so you ready to rock and roll AJ? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. Are, are we doing beer of the week? Are we back? I mean, I guess I'm drinking a beer. That okay. Helps. All right, I guess we'll do that real, real quick. Um, okay. I haven't done it in a while. I feel like we should. Okay. Um, Way to totally have me prepared for that one. Sorry. Get that um, banner running now. <laughs> Just put up the hashtag. Yeah. All right, AJ, what you got? Uh, Mid-sipper. I am uh, I'm drinking a little lighter side here. It's the Goose Island traditional IPA, so... Nothing, nothing major. All right, uh, I am drinking a Flying Dog Experimental IT, IPA, Sabro Citra Simcoe, six point two percent. Also a little bit later. Um, yeah, it's three and a half, maybe at best on out of five. It's not great. It's just been sitting in my fridge for a while, so I figured why not. So, okay, let's uh, let's bring our guest on. Uh, Sam Holt of, um, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Like took, this guy Who? took a sip for a second. Um, illustrator and fantasy football analyst for fantasy life. Um, and, uh, you know, you've been on the show a couple of times. Welcome back. Thank Glad you. to have you. Yeah. Always good to join you guys. Excited to talk about some running backs and get into it. Obviously I've got the Scott Fishbowl live draft in LA this weekend. So trying to just keep this old thing rolling and just keeping all the fantasy stats up here. So this will be (laughs) as much helpful for me as hopefully it's going to be helpful for other people as well. That's interesting that yours starts the weekend after most, you know, 
obviously the the slow drafts have started already yeah. and they started on monday we had the dc live draft this past weekend and a lot of the live drafts were this past weekend as well so that's interesting how much are you like just analyzing the adp I mean, to be honest, I feel like it's all going to be a mixed bag because I was at the live draft last year and I know that our draft was, I think, different than everyone else's too. I think it's just all about the atmosphere in the room. So as much as I could go through and check everyone's ADP and see what everyone's doing, day of when you're there in the mix and talking with all these amazing people about your players, mm-hmm. people are going to start pivoting immediately. Oh, yeah. Those that think they have a plan, they're going to throw that plan by the wayside. And those like myself, they're like, I'm just going to see what rolls to myself and be excited about the guys that I know I like that I know I'm going to get I know that I chose the 12 spot to to capitalize on the third round reversal and that's the only thing that I'm just going to like holding on to that I'm aware that I'm probably not going to get Travis Kelsey I know I'm not going to get someone like Josh Allen just going (laughs) to be let's see what we get because I've been the latest I've seen Kelsey go from uh what is it um what's his name Josh Josh ADHD on Twitter uh it was 110 which was still just like jaw dropping i was like what why how that's unfair because that dude literally is going to get kelsey and like probably a pretty good quarterback on the way back and that's that's silly um i can confirm it was the 110 uh at elijah ff173 was the lucky sob lucky sob not even fair like no I mean, I that's you know that that's that's can that, that's that's what can happen is like like in our in my in my live draft league um, division, I know I end up getting Miles Sanders and um, I'm blanking on the other one now, but two basically RB ones for their teams mm-hmm. in rounds like eight and nine, and if I'm looking at the ADPs, they're typically going in like five and six, maybe yeah. latest seven range, and I'm like, whoa. Okay, cool. I'll take it. <laughs> so yeah. the rest of my draft didn't go exactly to plan, but to get that value can make up for it sometimes. Yeah, which I know we're going to be going through ADPs and things with these running backs coming up. But again, everyone's draft is going to be so different. So you can say, like, based on this, I want that value. But when you're in the moment and if you see a guy slide, you don't want to miss out on that opportunity. Right. But yeah. also, I think when you're building these teams, at least for myself, I'm trying to outweigh risk and reward so i'm always picking guys based on what if is there any off the field issues is he gonna maybe miss a couple games i'll uh someone like Alvin i'm actually on the clock anybody but, want a live scott fishbowl pick right now oh yeah we do Woo. so yeah, i'm actually because we we drafted last week uh weekend uh we're i'm already down in round 19 okay. not a lot not a lot left on the board um I, I just got sniped on Josh Downs, so that pissed also me off. the running back you couldn't name was Rashad White. You're right. I mean, now that I'm looking at my team, thank you. Um, may have had a few of these when I drafted Rashad White in round. As eight. do most people, which is so why I've, some players like fall. Yes. Uh, so I could take. Marvin Mims, and sadly, Russ Wilson is my QB too. So that's a slight stack that could be okay but i'm not sure i believe in it there's there's not a lot left uh i mean we're looking at like robert woods mvs chase claypool bleh. yeah terrence marshall <laughs> there's, you're, there's you're making lot. this live pick Sorry. I mean, we are in round 19 of this draft. <laughs> and any, anybody exciting? I mean, this is what happens to Scott Fish in round 19. Who wants to be in this league? <laughs> this is what happens. Your fifth quarterback. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm kind of looking at receiver because I've only got six, and I and I feel like I need more, and, and they basically run out after this round. I can kind of tell. There's nobody that I give two craps about after this. kind of feel like going Mims just because, like, you know, we know that Judy and, and Cortland Sutton can't really stay healthy a full season, so why not? Maybe maybe that could work. I mean, round nineteen. I feel like I'm not keeping these guys most of the season anyway. Yeah, you're just shooting for a dart. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Go for the ceiling, Marvin Mims. Let's do it. All right, moving on. All right, so let's come over here to the running backs, and so we're actually going to start with. A running back topic, but not the debate yet. And but because we've got to bring up Alvin Kamara. And so 
obviously very recent news. He just pleaded or he will plead no contest and it will be a misdemeanor charge. Um, so he's not going to, you know, serve jail time and that kind of stuff. But there's still that question of what's the NFL going to do? How is this going to impact fantasy? Uh, Sam, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, the fact that he's pleading no contest and it's not, you know, putting up a fight about it. I really question how much the NFL is actually going to, you know, reprimand him for something like this. I mean, the NFL is historically not, in my opinion, been the best about the rate at which they suspend players for a number of weeks. There isn't really a, you know, a graph that we can follow and know, like, it's going to be this many weeks. It's going to be this many because it's been a bit sporadic just in terms of how they handle these things. So just to put it mildly. So I feel like if at least where he's sitting in ADP now, it's a great value, even if you do miss one, two, three weeks. I think that based on other running backs that you're going to get, there should be plenty of volume to keep you in the mix to begin the season. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not really worried about it. I just think that this is the lowest I've seen Alvin Kamara go just in terms of ADP in years. So, it's, again, it's you're not drafting as your number one running back, so you're going to get value elsewhere. Yeah, it, interestingly enough, I actually passed up on Kamara for Sanders in Scott Fish. It was one of those, like, you know, Jacobs had been my only RB at that point, and I was like, I kind of wanted a more sure thing at that point because at least I know Sanders is going to start the season. Still, I mean, Sunday we didn't know what was going to happen with Kamara still. This came out the next day, so – uh, but still, we still don't know. Like the, the NFL could very well suspend him for what four, five, six games. They could go crazy, you know, or they could go zero. You know, like again, it's kind of up in the air. But uh, I wanted the sure thing, and and I like the fact that you know Sanders has that backfield to himself there. So that's that's kind of the why why I went that way. But you know, it, we'll see how it works out. And Kamara's still fantastic. So when he's on the field, uh, but. AJ, any, any thoughts from you, or you want to move on? No, we can move on. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, all right, so so very first running back debate that we're going to have here is between Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, and B. John Robinson. So three of the top running backs going off the board here. We got Saquon Barkley going off, and we're using Sleeper's PPR ADP data right now. Um, Saquon is going off at ADP overall of 10.7 RB5. Jonathan Taylor is 9.2 RB4. Bijan, 7.6 RB3. Look, Saquon returned last year, you know, in, to form. Everybody was, there was a lot of people off of him. I, I sadly was one of them. Davis Pang who is a big basketball player and, and, and race for us was, was pounding the hammer for him and t- yelling at people to draft him. And sadly, not enough people listened. Uh, he, he fell still a lot, uh, but he finished as RB five last year in PPR. JT struggled a little bit with the Colts, a little bit of a pour off of the line last year as compared to what we are used to. Uh, some injuries hurt them. The QB play ultimately was the worst part for that whole team. And we know that um, he also dealt with his own injuries, but he still finishes RB eighteen points per game. Not great, but you know, with everything going on, maybe that's not so horrible. Then there's Bijan, right? So he's the next golden child of, of running backs, right? He's he's being comp to Saquon when he, you know, of course, when Saquon came out, he was like the do all running back. So out of these three players, Sam, who is the one that you would rather have? Um, you know mixing in a little ADP and, and, and whatever that, that you want. I mean, looking at where they're sitting very close together, I mean, I get it's hard to kind of pick of my favorites here because there's a lot to like about each player. But specifically Dynasty question off the bat, it would be Bijan. I mean, just again, depending on your league format, just because Dynasty, you're obviously building for long term and you look at his situation there, he's going to absolutely get all the volume and 
when you're going for a running back in this type of situation, number one, what you want the most is the most opportunity. So you're going to pick the player that's going to have the most opportunity for the most longevity when it comes to dynasty. And just in redraft too, it's kind of hard to not just stay with Bijan there as well. I mean, obviously Saquon, you know, is still questionable holding out in that sense, but he's probably going to play knowing that how things shake out, it'll all be fine. But the Giants are also going to try and mix things up. They've also got Darren Waller, in the, Waller there now, and not that he's going to necessarily eat into Saquon's carries, but what I like the most, I think, about Bijan is he is the shiny object. He is going like every offensive move has to run through him. They're going to have to open up the field to let J- Daniel Jones do more with someone like Darren Waller's because they desperately need to open up their passing game because last year, I don't know if I can remember a single receiver off the top of my head that was worth remembering from last season, <laughs> let alone going into Isaiah this year Hodgins as well. For like sure, <laughs> yeah. Throw a bunch of letters together. It's probably a name of some receiver <laughs> that was for the Giants. It's fine. But they're going to have to open that up because if they don't, what's going to happen is – Saquon has had injuries in the past and they're going to wear him out. So I'd rather have someone that's going to have the volume with zero competition like Bijan. You have the second comparison there to Jonathan Taylor dealing with a little bit of an ankle issue. He's probably going to be fine and play. But with Anthony Richardson there, now there's a lot to move around. He is a mobile quarterback. He's going to do a lot of running. Is he just going to run it into the end zone when they're in close? Is he going to allow Jonathan Taylor to take the to carry the ball in? I don't know. It's a little bit of a mixed bag there for me. So because there's just a slight question, I, again, I, I feel like I'm just leaning Bijan right now between those just with their situations right now. AJ? Yeah. Uh, I definitely like all the upside that Bijan brings. Um, I think with JT, you know, the offense is new. It's It's the Eagles coordinator coming over. Um, you mentioned Anthony Richardson. I mean, he may not even start the season. He likely won't, but he's going to play. Um, yeah. You know, Ursay has already come out in the drunken rambling rage saying that he needs him to play. So, you know, I think to me, I, I would lean Saquon first just because I know what I'm getting with him. And, yeah, Waller's there. He's going to get some of the targets. He's going to turn out to probably be the best receiver on the team. Um, possibly next to Saquon, though. I mean, he's he's the safety gap. Daniel Jones is going to run as well, but I think the injuries that slowed him down were like ticky tack weird injuries. So I'm not too worried about them. I think last year was what we know we're going to get from him. So I would lean him. It, it is close, though. Yeah, I mean. It's definitely close for me, too. That's why we put these three together. But I lean a little bit of Barkley, too. Uh, I mean, you're talking a guy who saw 76 targets last season, and we've seen more in the past. I don't know if Waller is going to decrease that enough because there's just not enough in the passing game outside of Waller. And and Waller could get hurt, as we know, very easily. He has in the past a lot. And so, it, it again, it's a little bit more of... Bijan's just a little bit too expensive for me in his year one for me to go. Like, I love him in Dynasty, obviously, like you said, Sam. But in a redraft league, I don't know if I can plunge in before a guy who like who is Saquon Barkley level already, Jonathan Taylor level already, because um, we've seen them do it. I mean, who knows? Crazier things have happened. We've seen guys like Bijan come in and totally flop. So, yeah, I'd hate to take that plunge at RB3, and that's going to crush your season for most for most teams who took him there. Um, so, all right, all right, AJ, next up. Next, next three we got here is uh, Derek Henry at uh, ADP of 18.9. He's RB7. Uh, Nick Chubb is actually RB6. He is at 15.8, and Josh Jacobs is uh, 19 and 3, or 19.3 and RB8. So the only three backs to carry the ball over 300 times last season are these guys. Um, you know, Henry, even in PPR, finished as an RB4 despite missing a game. Uh, Chubbs was RB6. Um, I mean, these guys are just monsters. Jacobs was RB3. These guys just 
don't need to even worry about catching the ball to make them valuable in PPR, but they're being drafted after guys, um, you know, that they finished ahead of last season uh, or that didn't even play in the season. Um, So why and who would you want from this list the most? Um, You mean, why are they being taken after the guys that we already talked about? Yes. I mean, I think kind of what you already said. I mean, most leagues nowadays are PPR, so we're looking for the passing game upside. And these are names that typically you don't think of as huge pass catchers. They are the bell cow backs, and they're going to absolutely run it in. And in many cases, like Derrick Henry, just run over the entire other opposing team to get the job done. That's what we love about them. Um, They're ground and pound guys, and they're going to get it done. Um, Looking at just the sheer usage of them last year and how they were doing, all neck and neck. I get why that you guys put them together in this group. Um, but I guess for me, if I'm looking at the three of them, which would I rather have? What it's kind of a what you almost said about uh, Saquon Barkley. I want to know what I'm going to get when I take one of these guys. And I feel like Nick Chubb is just kind of the old reliable of the three. Yeah. And when you look at the pace of usage over the years, it's just kind of a slow and steady, easy, does it keeps getting better. Um, Things keep going up. It's all just, everything is gravy. And I mean, the Browns are going to be leaning on him a ton. I mean, they've made a couple off season moves and hopefully this year, Deshaun Watson remembers how to play football again and they'll open up the passing game. But besides that, if they have any question marks, they are going to lean on Nick Chubb as they have over the last three to four years that they've just been leaning on him so much so for me i'd rather stick with again if i'm gonna wait on the other guys i'm taking a running back a little bit later so let's say i'm sitting at 10 or 12 where i'm gonna be this weekend and let's say quarterback situation wasn't what it was and people are actually drafting running backs early the way that people should um maybe i would be taking someone like nick chubb uh at the turn after after 12 passes Okay. Joe, which one do you like? So I am going to go Jacobs here, uh, especially because you can factor in a little bit of PPR help. Now, do I expect Jacobs to get 340 carries like he did last year? Probably not, but there's nobody there to challenge him this year. And obviously Josh McDaniels trusts him and will just run him into the ground again if he can. Um, as long as he stays healthy, I don't see any reason why not. And he can boost his value unlike Henry and Chubb. Now, now Henry, let's I will give him credit. He did have like I believe he had a career year in passing. He did. Yeah, yeah he caught like almost double than he has in any other Those season. Six catches. Uh <laughs> 33. Uh his career high before that was 19. Uh but Here's the amazing thing with him. He got 33 passes for 398 yards. That's a lot. Like, you can even look at Josh Jacobs. He got 53 for 400. Jacobs, or you get Henry the ball in space against corners, nobody's stopping him. And it's almost like Tennessee finally figured that out, but it just... They were so crummy. It didn't matter anyway. <laughs> but, um, so I kind of, I kind of feel you on Henry. Henry's my number two, but um, I mean they're they're all so, they're all so good. They're all, to, in my opinion, they're a little undervalued. Like I almost would rather have some of these guys than JT, who that offense is just so scary yeah. to think about this year. Yep. I mean. Tell me Indy doesn't give you Tennessee vibes from last year where it was like, oh, man, like we brought in this other guy and, you know, now Anthony Richardson is going to be, you know, like this running super athletic quarterback. And and I mean, the Colts were scrambling last year when they had a head coach they pulled from ESPN. So, I mean, like there was there's a lot to be concerned about and they're trying to still figure things out. And I think that they have a great pick with Richardson there. Um but it's still, you know, we're this is a wait and see what it's going to look like. Are they yeah. just going to stick with what they know and run it through Jonathan Taylor and that's great? Or are they going to try things up and this is the year to mix it up? Um, so, yeah. yeah, between those two, I, I do love Derrick Henry a lot. It's It would be really hard for me to not take him. But 
I also just always assumed that by the time this comes to me and I had to make that decision, he would get sniped before me. I could take him anyways. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. But again, like for me though, it, it, it's Jacobs because I do think Vegas is going to be a one-two punch with Jacobs and Adams again. And so that's... You're, you, you're breaking all the hearts of the Zamir White truthers out there. <laughs> Sorry. That that was a failed that was a failed hope. <laughs> the same number of people that I thought Henry had as catches six, uh, all six of you. <laughs> we apologize. Uh, so, awesome. quick question here: two of them actually. So, Derrick Henry, does he get any kind of a boost if the Titans do end up signing DeAndre Hopkins, or do you still like your other pick? Wait, is that for me? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You can, you can go usually, first. usually we let the guests go first. Oh, <laughs> wait. Can you say that again? <laughs> uh, so, does does Henry get a little bit of a boost enough for you to choose him um, instead if the Titans actually sign DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, he could. Yeah, I think so. I mean, because what you what happens when you get someone like Nuke in there is it just opens up the field. And so now you've got a defense that has to decide, OK, are we going to cover one of the best receivers of all time? Because I feel like he's in that category. He's absolutely incredible. We'll make a catch out of anything. And then or are you going to let yourself get run over by a fridge? Like literally one or the other. Pick your poison. They're both very, very deadly. So I like the idea of. Hopkins being able to open things up for Henry quite a bit and just be that insane decoy because right. you can't not cover him. Um, no, I think that it does give it a little edge. Yeah, you can. It's interesting. Like, yeah, I, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I, I do think if they sign sign Nuke, it would it would uh, it would help Henry out just a little bit. You know, lessens the the box for him. Absolutely. Uh, I think it would also help Traylon Burks a ton sure <laughs> oh my gosh yeah that's gonna that's gonna be awesome for him but we have no idea what, what's going on there there's a little bit of hype now that is going to the titans that's why i wanted to bring it up and uh but uh jamie is that official oh there's a little bit of hype that it's that it's going there it's not official rumors. obviously but hey what's up jamie um and uh of course we got dap saying i love fridges <laughs> that that's a funny too. guy they hold my <laughs> um i love anyway. lamp I love lamp. Yes, good one. Um, all right, next up for our RB debate: Tony Pollard, twenty-three point six overall, nine running back. Brees Hall, twenty-six point one, number ten. Ramondre Stevenson, twenty-seven point three and eleven. So yeah, nine, ten, eleven. I know a little boring, but um, you know Hall coming off this ACL injury. Like he was amazing when he was healthy last year, despite a slow start. Um, he had the eighth most points per game last season. And basically, you know, he basically didn't play a whole lot the first couple of games of the season, and all of a sudden it was like, bam! So uh, Pollard was n- ninth at points per game, I believe, or overall, um, even with Zeke being there. So now Zeke's not there, and we know that. So. I know there's some people that are saying the sky's the limit or maybe Pollard can't carry that workload and they're going to figure something else out. I know they brought in some of the guys, but and new off coordinator. So there's a lot of moving pieces there in Dallas. Um, Stevenson was also incredible finishing his RB seven. However, if you really just look at like points per game, he finished just short of these guys, RB 11. Who do you got between these three? Uh, between these three, it's definitely not Ramondre. No offense, Ramondre, but there's something about Patriots running backs that just makes me nervous. I mean, yes. maybe it's just because history. I don't know. I just don't want to get burned again. Agreed. The uh, the oven was hot when I touched it, and I learned, and I don't want to touch it again. <laughs> so, um, for me, I think it, then it goes between Brees Hall and Tony Pollard. And when I look at someone like Hall, who's coming off the injury that he is, they always lose a level of explosiveness when they're coming off something like this. So I don't necessarily want him this year, maybe next year. Again, if this is dynasty, it's a little bit different, but, um, for me, I guess I'd have to go with Pollard between them. He was perfectly capable of handling the lead role last season. And now he just gets it completely unhinged. Welcome have anything you want in the fridge. Like he gets everything to himself. So I love him this season for that. 
and I think based on where you're getting him, you're getting a really high volume. So I love him here. Um, but yeah, J- Jamie's saying Cowboys also have a high pace of play, top five in the league, some more points. But that might change. They don't have they don't have the offensive coordinator from last year. He's he's over in um, uh, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, where'd he go? Uh, Los the, Char- the Chargers. The Chargers, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? That's what we meant by a lot of moving pieces. So, you know, that's going to affect things. But, um, yeah. AJ? Uh, I, I definitely agree with the um, fear of, of going with uh, a Patriots running back, but I think I am going to go with uh, Car Ramrod on this. Um, and, uh, you know, that that's my coined term that I stole from Super Troopers. So uh, it's spelled differently because he's got an H. Uh, so it works. But, yeah, I mean, I just think what we saw out of him last year, you know, towards the end of the season, he was more explosive. Um, you know, even with Dame Harris there, he really wasn't stealing much work from him. Um, you know, Harris is kind of just a guy at this point. Uh, but we will talk about him later, I believe, in a sense. Brees, I agree. I, the injury scares me. He was, I mean, he came out like gangbusters. He was awesome to watch. Um, but I don't think he's going to be ready to start the season, uh, you know, as far as producing that much that, that we're used to seeing, um, even though it's a small sample size. Pollard, the, the worry for me with Pollard is that he hasn't necessarily had the entire workload yet Zeke's always kind of been there just to pick up the crumbs and you know get a little bit of work especially some of the the goal line work um so who knows if they resign Zeke if they do that could even (laughs) Pollard's ADP down a little bit more uh probably not much because Zeke's pretty much cooked so we're going car ramrod yeah, I'll, I'll make it short. I, I'm I'm in on Pollard. Um, everything you all said, you know, injury history or injury uh, risk with Hall. Not that I think he's going to re-injure it, but uh, and then Stevenson with with uh, New England, obviously just. And careful. now I am on careful. a live Scott Fishbowl pick. All right. Which round? What round are you in? I am in round. A lot earlier. I'm, I'm at the eleven. Than me. Uh, eleven, Ooh. twelve Ooh. pick Damn. and turn. Um, my team so far is Hertz, Danny Dimes, Car Ramrod, Hawkinson, uh, Walker, Sanders, Rashad, Mike Evans is my first receiver, uh, Sam Howell, right. <laughs> and Dalton Schultz. So receiver. I, I, so I'm going, <laughs> going tight end. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Receiver. I'm looking at uh, Juju, Michael Thomas. Shot Bateman, no thanks. Cortland Sutton, I do like. Uh, scrolling a little farther down. You've been updating the uh, fancy suspect cheat sheet. I have, but it's on my work computer, not oh, on well, my not Google Drive. So, yeah, uh, Tyler Higby just got taken two picks ago, and he was like at the top for like around the yeah, half. Yeah, you didn't. But you don't need that. You need no. a receiver, man. I mean, I definitely oh, like you as your top two receivers is rough, but you might have to do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. You don't like? I mean, it at like all. I said, I, I kind of like Sutton. I just feel like receivers are way undervalued in Scott Fish this year. Well, they they should be because of the points per carry, but um... yeah. So <sighs> I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll sit on that one for a minute. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Scottfish. We're gonna we're gonna move on here with with the with the show. So AJ, ask us the next question. All right. So the next question here, we've got <laughs> Kenneth Walker, who I just mentioned uh, as one of my running backs, and Travis Etienne. Etienne is uh, RB thirteen at a thirty one point seven ADP, thirty six point seven ADP for Walker, and right behind him at fourteen. Uh, so basically, you know, last season was pretty much ETN's rookie season. Uh, he had 255 touches. He struggled a bit in the passing game. Um, 
you know, more than, than most would have hoped for, but he still finished his RB 17. Walker was pretty much amazing. Um, once Penny was ruled out for the season during week five, finished at RB 11 in PP uh, points per game over that time. Now he's got uh, Charbonnet there to kind of challenge for some, some carries uh, ETN still doesn't have a lot behind him, but they did bring in rookie uh, Tank Bigsby. So which one of these, you know, lead backs with the the rookie nipping at their heels do you prefer of the two? I mean, they're both very young to have someone right behind them, but I mean, I understand the Seahawks mindset in terms of they are not, you know, they're they're accustomed to having a lot of injuries at the position so they're shoring things up from that end but they're also very much like once they have their guy they're not going to necessarily move from him so it's not like going to be a situation where you're seeing both of them on the field intermittently it's going to be um walker's job until something happens um but i am going to go with etn here just with the ppr upside he did get more targets last year and i like him as a pass catcher with trevor lawrence just a little bit more and just when it comes to the receiving game there for seattle it's proven that they've got plenty of talent there hey callie <laughs> how are you <laughs> um kelly was on last week. i love kelly uh she's fantastic <laughs> um yeah no i i think there's just so, so much competition in the receiving game there for the seahawks that i could see walker taking maybe a little bit of an, even a dip at that this season again because they've also got jackson smith and jigba there they've just got a lot of mouths to feed in terms of good young talent um so for me i'm going to stay with travis Etienne here of the two yeah and it's funny and 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 i agree with you but it's funny like everybody wants to go oh Etienne because the pprs work but like honestly it wasn't that great for Etienne last year Uh, but it was better than better better much better they both splitting hairs right here between where they're at yeah they both didn't score touchdowns but etn caught what eight more passes saw 10 more targets he dropped a few which was like just like a few touchdowns too early on but i I, you know once we saw him kind of get his feet under him in the nfl we saw him really just like skyrocket and, and he was amazing down the stretch uh, last season and um you know that offense in general kind of took a took a big leap last year in the second half um now that they have been able to move on from a head coach that we will not name um <laughs> uh so i'm expecting big things from etn i know they've been talking about potential workload um you know not giving him as much work but like it really it, when you're talking about running back standards the 220 carries and 45 targets. That's not a ton. Like, that's pretty good. I feel like you should be able to give ETN that every year, all year. And he can last a long time. Uh, you know, you try to give him Derrick Henry kind of touches, ETN's probably going to break in half. Okay. So we'll get it. So, but yes, I, I love ETN's talent. I, I, I've loved it ever since he got into the NFL. Um, Kenneth Walker's great, but. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you on ETN. Next up here, we have an an actual rookie, Jameer Gibbs, going at 37 overall, 15 running for for running backs. Dalvin Cook, 58.1, 22nd for running backs. This one's a bit of a different story from what we've been doing so far. You know, totally opposites, right? So we've got Jameer Gibbs, who is kind of that new talented flashy rookie that every, a lot of, a lot of people are getting excited about because of what he did in college and I get it um versus a running back who has been talented uh and even was last year but got cut by the Vikings still unsigned we don't know where he's going we've heard Jets Patriots we've heard Dolphins Please, God, not the Dolphins. They've got 500 running backs. Even the Jets would be terrible. I don't even know if I like any of those. <laughs> Please stay anywhere else. But like, if if you because of his ADP, I feel like people are expecting Cook to sign somewhere where he's going to be the lead back and like the dominant lead back. He goes to any one of those three. I'm not sure it's happening. So with that in mind, who do you like out of these two, given the ADP cost? I mean, this is a really complicated question. This is an onion. There's a lot of layers to it. My God. <laughs> yes. I mean, 
do I want to have the rookie talent who's also on a team that just shipped out their other lead running backs and just said, screw it, we're going to go with the new young guy. They Jamal Williams is no longer there, so it's no and longer there. And they brought in David Montgomery as well? <laughs> and, then, and they brought in Mon- – I don't really think of Montgomery very much, clearly. He's the Jamal Williams, though, and Gibbs is the Swift, but if you really he, think I, about it. No, but when you think of Jamal Williams, I think swagger. I think, you know, ambiance. I think, like, he brings something. Sure, He's sure. going to bring touchdowns in the end zone. I don't think of that when I think of David Montgomery. I you're think right. You're there. right. I'm thinking I'm thinking kind of the, the hammer versus, like, sure. the, you know, that's the, their style of play maybe is what I'm thinking. Yeah, no. you're thinking yeah. of a hammer hammer i think there's two very different things sure. so for me i think that montgomery's there to be a, a veteran <laughs> i think he's there to be like a veteran that's going to help gibbs get his feet under him into the nfl get him used to it that's what this veteran presence is for i don't think that they're going to be leaning on montgomery by any means and saying this is your locker room and then gibbs come in here and see if you can win it i think that they're going to be a tandem duo but I think that the edge at the end of the season is going to go to Gibbs still. So I'm going to – it's tough between the two because then also I'm looking at a homeless co- uh, Dalvin Cook, which is really right. sad. Um, but, you know, you see this happen. You see a team cut a running back, and then you see other teams kind of balk at what they're asking for. And this kind of falls into that Melvin Gordon category where Melvin Gordon was fantastic, and then he dropped off. And then immediately, year after year, it was just like another – peg got taken out and it was just you watch these guys fall from grace and i don't know if that's going to happen this year because cook's not dealing with some crazy irreverent injury that no one's seen him play in a long time that's not the case this is just you know your time has come you have sunset here and we want you to move on but to your point if he goes to one of these crowded backfields is he going to be dalvin cook or is he going to be just another guy so I guess for me, I'd want to kind of go with the upside and go with someone like Gibbs, who's got a lot of volume potential right out the gate with a team that's very hungry. Obviously, the Lions did fantastic last year. They are going to be playoff contenders again with the rate at which that they have made moves and set themselves up. So I'd kind of rather stay there with the young guy and go with the upside and just watch Dalvin find a home somewhere and wish him the best. Kind of agree. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I would agree. I I would much rather have Gibbs and the upside there, um, like what Detroit's getting ready to do this year, honestly. So too many unknowns with Cook right now. But speaking of Cook, his replacement now, Mr. Uh, Alexander Madison and uh, Mr. Rashad White, who we have mentioned probably way more already in this podcast than we thought. Um Madison is uh, ADP of 53, RB20. Uh, Rashad's a little farther back, 71 and a half and 27. So Madison now being this replacement, or at least until Minnesota signs somebody else, uh, you know, at times in his career, he's shown that he can do it all and do it pretty well. Um, Rashad White, now the lone back in Tampa. I mean, at least the one that we care about. But Brady's not there, and you've got the Baker show. So which one of these two <laughs> do you like better and why? Uh, this oh, little Baker show. <laughs> the Baker show, my God. Um, this one's interesting. I mean, I think I, I really would love to say Rashad White because he is the lead one here, but I haven't seen it. And if I'm going to be taking a back this late, I'd rather go with someone that an entire franchise has just bought behind. And by shipping out Dalvin Cook... Alexander Madison has this job. He has all those carries. Give me Alexander Madison all day. I wish the best for Rashad White. I want things to improve, but there are too many question marks around the Bucks for me to get excited about any other players right now, let alone Rashad White. Uh, I couldn't yeah. agree more and was super duper pissed when uh, when Madison got drafted right in front of Rashad White and my Scott Fishbowl, which is why oh, I took I Rashad bet. White. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, I got him. Oh, whoops so i feel like madison's gonna win people some leagues this year yeah Yeah. we've also seen him not be very efficient even the last couple of seasons like you know i think of all those weeks where where cook was out and we're like madison's an rb1 madison and then it was like 12 carries for 25 yards and nothing you were like what the hell happened it happened far too often the last couple of seasons it felt like but um yeah, 
now that he's going to have like a, uh, an entire offseason to finally maybe make this offense running game his, I, I think that's, you know, that, that's why I lean Madison as well. So next up here, Miles Sanders and Cam Akers, 54 and a half overall for Miles uh, Sanders, 21, R- R- RB21. Cam Akers, overall ADP at 63.3, RB24. Look, Miles Sanders, as I said early on, uh, has been, you know, now with Carolina, he's got the backfield to himself. He's been very, very good when he's had the ball. He's never got it enough in Philly, in my opinion. It was weird. I don't understand what Philly was doing. And if you look at, like, crazy stat last from last season, he actually averaged the most fantasy points per rush for running backs. He just carried the ball, like, the least out of anybody who was, like, in, in that range. Mm-hmm. Um, Akers obviously struggled coming back from the Achilles injury. Finished strong, though. RB4 the last five weeks of the season. The Rams really haven't brought anybody else in. So... Who out of these two are you targeting? This is tough because, I mean, with running backs also, like when I'm going to make a pick here, I'd like to have, you know, a little bit more upside. I feel like Akers is is younger just a little bit. Obviously coming, he has enough time now between that Achilles injury and now that I feel like he's probably going to have some of his explosiveness back. Like he wasn't a full step ahead last year um but he's going to be looking better usually year two after those things it's much better Mm -hmm. so he'll he'll do good um but i'm worried about the running back position in la i think since todd Gurley, it's been really hard for any running back to really dominate there the way you want a lead back in la to dominate because they just simply throw the ball to cooper cup and that's all they need to do (laughs) so at the end of the day you know death taxes and throw the ball to cooper cup and you'll be fine so i mean I don't know. That's just, I'm a little bit nervous about that. What I do like about Sanders that I think could come back this year with Bryce Young in this different situation is I think his receiving, I think his receiving is going to go up. I think he's going to get more targets because when you look at a rookie quarterback like Young, he's going to maybe have some more dump it offs. He's going to have some more opportunities um, to connect with a receive with a, with a back like Miles Sanders, who's so versatile. Um, his 2019 season, he had 63 targets. I mean, that's insane. And then it just keep dropping off. I think you go and look at what the Eagles were doing over that time is they were shoring up their receiving core and they didn't need to pass the ball as much to Sanders. And when you look at the Panthers, they need everything. They need guys <laughs> that can literally do everything. We're rebuilding completely. Give us all of your skills, give us all your talent. So yeah. for me, I think I'm going to go with the edge to Sanders here just because I think that they're going to have to use him. It's going to be really like there's not there's there isn't going to be an opportunity for them to not utilize them as much as they need to just out of desperation. Yeah. No, I I agree and I was shocked to actually see Kim Makers go ahead of Sanders in Scottfish. So, uh and despite a points per carry, I know that probably gave the edge to Akers in that format slightly, but I'm not sure that's going to do it cuz it's not like Stafford if he stays healthy isn't just going to pass the ball. 550 times so like good luck game makers you're not getting most of that so yeah. <laughs> sanders can in that offense you just have to hope he gets way better than he did last year which i can't imagine the carolina panthers offense won't be better so um all right well speaking last of big debate and then philly, we got a couple rapid fires to finish up uh sure. speaking of philly and miles sanders the new running backs that are there to replace him are deandre swift uh, coming in at running back 23 with an ADP 62-ish. And Rashad Penny, uh, much farther down at 103 and RB 37. Both are pretty injury-prone, um, but they've been effective when healthy. So of the two, which one would you want more? This is hard. Why would you guys do this to me? I don't like it. <laughs> This is tough. Ugh. I mean, these are both. This is going to be the cluster F for a lot of fantasy managers this season is there might be someone that based on ADP, they end up accidentally with both or, you know, you get one and you wish that you'd gotten the other one. It's yeah. 
like you go into the cookie jar and you're like, oh, this one's the biggest cookie. And then you look at someone else and like, oh no, you got the big cookie. And I just didn't like, it's gonna, you're gonna feel like so much FOMO with no matter which one of these guys that you take, because there's gonna be weeks in and out that both of them become the touchdown leads and the other one is just left by the wayside. I guess I'm a little bit leaning towards Swift, but I don't like it, but I would feel like I would say the exact same thing about Penny if I was higher on him. But I feel like the injuries are a little bit more with Penny's a little bit older. Yeah. I don't like it. But I'm, I mean, in the depth chart right now at Swift and obviously with OT, with uh, training camps and everything else going on, we're going to see some things move. But I don't like either of these guys. I would avoid. This is a running back room I would avoid. But if I had to, I guess I would go Swift. All right. It's a mean I'm, question. <laughs> I'm an Eagles fan. What do you expect? Yes, this, <laughs> is, this is AJ's We're terrible cousin. people. So, <laughs> so rude. My rankings say Swift, but I'm definitely not taking it there. I'm not taking it because what we've seen from Swift in the past is that he's very good, you know, in space, you know, in between the 20s, get inside the 20s. It doesn't work. And the Lions completely went away from it for a reason. And mm -hmm. I kind of think. Uh, you know, Sam, you kind of said it earlier with the, you know, with the Miles Sanders talk, right? The f Eagles just don't use their running backs, at least the last few years, as the passing game has improved mm -hmm. in the passing game because they don't have to. They've still got, you know, Devonta Smith. They brought in A.J. Brown. They've Goddard, right? So Swift, was he better at than Penny? Catching the ball, getting out in the open. Yeah, cool. He'll have his games, but not enough of them. Penny, if he can just please stay healthy, right, then he's going to outperform Swift, in my opinion. And the cost for him now at 103 ADP is much more tolerable than taking Swift who I think people are taking Swift at this point because they just still believe that Swift can just be absolutely amazing. And I'm just not sure we're getting that. And so Swift is going where almost Miles Sanders went last year and we were all slightly disappointed because of it. Um, and I feel like they're going to use Swift the same way as they did Sanders last year. And even worse so maybe because they have Penny and not just like a bunch of, you know, guys behind him and, Penny's actually got like real talent outside of the other players that they had behind Sanders last year who are still there. <laughs> they brought in both these guys. So um, anyway, just uh, if you have like two more minutes, let's just, can we do like four rapid fire questions? Yeah, sure. All right. So J Aaron Jones or James Conner. Aaron Jones is uh, RB 16 James Conner is RB25. Obviously, Jones finished RB9 last year. There's no there's no uh, Rodgers anymore. Conner, still a workhorse when he's there. Just gets everything. But injury is obviously a big thing. So who you got? This is a tough one because Aaron Jones and I are like this because he won me a championship in a dynasty league that I'd been in for years and finally got it thanks to him. So it's really That's hard to not, to not pick my boy. I, I got him. a couple of those. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's my boy. Um, so, yeah, it's, no, it's hard to pick him, but I obviously get I get the hesitation there, obviously, with Jordan Love. Um, this is a new situation, new Packers offense and all that fun stuff. But it's still Aaron mother effing Jones. Like, he's still going to be mm -hmm. the number one way that that offense is going to get moving. And I think when you look at someone like Jordan Love, who has been studying behind Aaron Rodgers this entire time, he just hasn't obviously had the opportunity. I feel like he's going to be a bit better than what everyone else is anticipating. And he's going to have to utilize Aaron Jones as much as possible. So I think that the volume is still there for Jones, which I like. Um, I think that the value for the value grab... I'll probably go with Connor though, just in terms of ADP. This would be an ADP pick for me, and I would go with getting the volume late with someone like Connor. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the the other guys going around Jones, I'm like, I'd kind of rather have them. Just yeah, when you look at where they're where he's going, marks. yeah, that's yeah. this is a separation and, for me that uh, that edges yep. it. Yep. All right, two two new guys that are uh, kind of going around that same Aaron Jones. Uh, time slot there or draft slot, I guess. Uh, Najee Harris at uh, just about 31, RB12, and Joe Mixon, uh, about 43, and RB17. Excuse me. Um, right. So, both 
<laughs> both dudes are, you know, the workhorses for their teams. Um, these offenses are, are definitely different, though. You know, Pittsburgh, uh, as you well know, Sam, is a younger team and, uh, you know, a lot of up-and-comers there uh, with a, you know, second-year quarterback. And since he just arguably has the best wide receiver core in the league. So which one of these guys do you think offers the higher upside based on the offensive schemes? Based on the offensive schemes, I'm going to go with Najee Harris. I mean, these colors don't run, but um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Might have left this question in there for you. Yeah, I figure. I figure. Whenever I see a Najee question, I'm like, ah, oh, that one's for me. But also, you know, year two, Kenny Pickett is going to be much more improved. Year two for all these young rookie quarterbacks is always much better. The touchdown regression is towards the positive. So we're going to see that come back up and he's always going to have to lean on someone like Najee. What's great as well is we have been doing the thing we needed to this offseason, which is addressing the offensive line. Yes. It is going to be so much better. So looking yep. forward to that, seeing Najee get more space again, he's still just as much of a threat in the passing game as yeah. Joe Mixon is. He's going to get that opportunity. I just see this going getting a tick up. So for me, I'm going to go with Harris because I feel like he's sitting here at 30, but I think others are going to balk and go for others in that spot. And that he yeah. might even drop for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, he absolutely will fall. And I've seen him fall many. I've seen him fall behind the Brees halls and ETNs and the walkers. It, it's crazy to me. And like, and to me, he actually gets red zone usage, which Mixon doesn't, especially because the Bengals love to pass. And they also just hate Mixon. Let's be real. They don't yeah. want him on this team anymore if they could help yeah. it. No, so. every year it's like, are they going to trade him? When the trade deadline comes up, you're always wondering if he's going to get the ax or not. So yeah. go with the guy that, you know, that we love and hold near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. Uh, next up here, we got Isaiah Pacheco, 77.4 and 29. James Cook, 87 overall and 31 running backs. Look, both high pass volume offenses. Um so, and she's changing the question on me. So no, I'm I'm making it all visible. You're welcome. Oh, I was gonna say what? Um, high both high pass volume offenses. Um, they're both solid passing options. Um, but they share it right with you know other players on their team. So which guy is gonna have the better offensive season this year? And you know which one, given their ADP, would you rather have? I mean, this one's tough. Um. I guess it's hard. It's hard to pick. It's like the it's number hard. one and number two offenses in the in the entire league. So good luck. Yeah, <laughs> number one and number two offenses in the entire league, but they're the number one and two not because of these two players. Correct. Yeah. So, do you want to be, you know, someone that just gets invited to the party, but no one talks to you? At least you're at the party. That's kind of a deal. Um, that's kind of how I see both of these players. Like they're just riding on coattails at this point. Um, of course, they're that's still AJ. Yeah. <laughs> he says that to me all the time. That's why I said it. What I'm here for. <laughs> so mean. So mean. Um, but I think between the two, I'm going to go. Oh, this is hard. I guess I'll go with Cook just because you're getting a little bit. Because of the ADP, again, he's just, a ten, just about 10 spots behind. A little bit better value for the volume that's potentially there and all the bills players will play in any kind of weather so you've got an all-weather team right here so they, these guys are built to run through all kinds of blizzards and things so at least you don't have to worry about that all right i'm slightly on by jaco um only because they brought in harris to maybe be like a little bit of a more like goal line person for cook but at least but was kind of that you know i know McKinnon took a lot of the, the, you know, the touchdowns, but it was all passing work for him. And it's tough for him to reproduce what he did. Actually, Davis paying is an article coming out tomorrow on our site who he, he talked about how overvalued McKinnon is. And so it, and it's incredible. The stats he pulled, like the amount of touchdowns McKinnon, McKinnon had are just un, not going to be like replicable, replicated this season again at all. Um, and like the last time it happened was Marshall Falk. And then the last time it happened before that was like Marshall Falk again. <laughs> like that's how good it was. Uh, so it's pretty crazy what he did. And so Pacheco, 
could see more of the the running game in the red zone than what we saw with McKinnon just getting all that like inside the 20 like just break a run out and like score randomly um so it it is close but I I lean Pacheco and uh so last one here AJ all right the last one is just a bunch of uh you know former names we got Zeke Elliott Leonard Fournette and uh Kareem Hunt all not signed and all very old at this point um, but they have proven they can, I guess, perform ish when asked. So of the three, who do you like better? I mean, yeah, this kind of goes back to some of the Todd Gurley talk I was talking about earlier and Melvin Gordon. I mean, these are the guys that are starting to sunset their careers. I mean, I, I feel like that's mean to say, but it's also the way that, running back position has gone i mean that just is what it is it's why the players want to get paid now while they're still young and that's why they're having the uproar that they are um i think when i look at each of them and i'm just pulling up each of their numbers i mean wherever 143 for zeke uh rb 48 and then Fournette and hunt are significantly lower at 181 rb 58 and 188 on rb 60 respectively I mean, I would still end up taking Zeke there just because I think he's just got a little bit more youth, a little bit more gas in the tank. He's going to end up somewhere, even if he doesn't get signed to begin the season, he's going to go somewhere where, you know, knock on wood, it doesn't happen, but it happens every year. Someone's going to get injured between weeks one and four, and he's going to have to go in and be an amazing takeover for that backfield. So wherever he does end up, he's going to get some level of volume. And at that ADP, you can't miss out on it. So between those, I'd much rather have Zeke of the three, because I feel like Fournette, he's lost some of that speed. Hunt is just forgettable at this point. So it's got to be Zeke. Sadly, I agree. I'm not a big Zeke fan because I've been a Washington fan my whole life, but uh Mm. Fournette, you know, shame. he's also going, yeah, and my gosh, the whole news about, we don't know if it's actually going to sell at this point. Oh, my God, please die. <laughs> you know, anyway. Um, I haven't drafted Zeke only because he's gone, you know, an extra, like, three and a half rounds early. So, at that point, like, Leonard Fournette goes at round 18 in whatever it is, you know, Scott Fish, and I'm just kind of like, fine, whatever, take a shake a shot. That, that's kind of where I'm at with him. Like, I don't want any of these guys. So, all right. Um, thank you, Sam, for for joining us tonight. Uh, before you bounce, uh, let everybody know where they can find you and uh, what you got going on this season. Absolutely. Thanks again, guys, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, everyone can follow me on Twitter at Samantha R. Holt and on Instagram at Sam underscore awesome. And please go over to fantasylife.com and check out the brand new site. It looks phenomenal. We yes. have so many tools. They keep adding them what feels like every week. There's so many things on there to help you win your league win your draft right now and it's completely free and while you're there make sure you sign up for the newsletter because the content every day is absolutely banging so please check that out um and yeah i still don't know what my total show sheet is for this year but it is coming so follow me on twitter and you will figure out where you can listen to me too great stuff and uh yeah absolutely follow her and uh thank you for coming on tonight again and uh i'll do it again soon if not you know for sure see you at the expo sounds good. oh yeah you guys are all going right yeah we've got a table so stop by Let's go. All right. I'll see you guys at the expo. Have a wonderful night, guys. All right. See you. Thanks, Sam. See you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Um, Trying to. uh... Jamie, I'll be trying to catch more of your live shows from now on. Absolutely, man. We love it. We love all the comments, man. Keep them coming. Oh, yeah. Um, So we have a dynasty question I'm hearing. Sorry, I was not watching the comments. So you want to throw that one up, AJ? Uh, Can I throw it up? I, I well, I mean, do you want to? Well, you know, I guess, oh, yeah, on, your, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, on your sorry. computer you can't. <laughs> it's exactly. I'm like, I'm what? trading. So Hunter eighteen. I'm trading away Debo and AJ Dillon and receiving David Montgomery and Brandon Cooks. Should I do it? PPR. Uh, not a dynasty. Sorry, who said it was dynasty? I, somebody said it was dynasty, but apparently it wasn't. Sorry, that was me. I said <laughs> I said it was a dynasty, but then I, I read the private read. chat before I read the public <laughs> chat. Hunter, sorry, my producer is not. Uh, I can't read. I'm yes, I'm slightly dyslexic, just not diagnosed. <laughs> just anyway, not fully so so it's Debo and Dylan, 
receiving Montgomery and Brandon Cooks. I'd have to say that's uh, tough because you're you're mm, you're technically upgrading at running at back and downgrading at receiver. But is it enough? I don't. I just don't think. I don't. I don't think I would do it. I think Debo is by far the best player in that deal, and I I wouldn't do it. And 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 Jamie agrees going for two. Uh, writer here, he agrees. So don't do it. Yeah, I I agree as well. If you can get um, a better running back back in the deal, I I think about it a little bit more. But I I'd lean towards keeping what you got as well. Yeah, you you'd have to get a much. The difference between Dylan and and Montgomery at this point isn't enough. Um, but the difference between Debo and Cook, Debo and Cooks is a lot, a, and I know there's you know the potential guy. hype, but you know oh no he's in Dallas and no he's still the wide, he's now a wide receiver two to where before he was a wide receiver one and like the only guy in town and yeah better quarterback but uh, no not not even close just don't do it so um all right man so. That is it for this week's show, AJ. I think next week, looking at the schedule, we're doing the wide receiver edition of this, and it's going to be a fun one with Pat Fitzmorris and Chris Allen. Yes. Um, that'll be a good one. I'm looking great, forward to that one for sure. Show. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Remember, uh, go subscribe and like our video. Leave those comments. We appreciate it. And, of course, be in, become an all-access member to Fantasy Six Pack. Get access to our award-winning award winning rankings. Have a good night, everyone. All right. See you.